Hey, America, it's me, Sarah. I love America, but I also love myself. Hope you guys are doing well today. I'm joined by uh, my brother, and let's just dive into the topics, you know, like like an Olympic diver. Let's just, mm, you know, go. All right, so there was an Epic Times article that I was reading, and it's an exclusive, meaning that they got this story and no one else has. So a border agent who wanted to stay anonymous, he gives an inside account of overcrowded facilities currently on the border. As you know, there is a border crisis right now. A lot of people are thinking it's because Joe Biden seems more lax on all of this and seems more open to having illegal immigration than Trump had. So the numbers are rising. In fact, what was I seeing? Oh yeah, there was basically, I'll read this part of the article. So far, this fiscal year from October 1st, 2020, Border Patrol has apprehended more than 29,000 unaccompanied children crossing the border illegally. In all of fiscal 2020, just over 33,000 were apprehended, according to Customs and Border Protection, CBP, statistics. This year's numbers are on a trajectory to surpass the 2019 crisis numbers when 80,634 minors were apprehended. So that is obviously a lot. And it says Health and Human Services confirmed on March 23rd that its Office of Refugee Resettlement is holding approximately 11,350 children. So we're just seeing a lot of um, a lot of overflow. And the administration is even getting uh, hotels and everything else where people uh, are, you know, where they're keeping these people. So let's start with this. Uh, the article literally starts out, the family unit holding cells smells like urine and vomit. Fights break out in the unaccompanied minors' cells. I don't even know this word. I'm not even going to try it. Uh, lice, the flu, COVID-19 run rampant. So 80 individuals are squeezed into 24 by 30 foot cells and there aren't enough mattresses for everyone. And sheets of plastic divide the room. Yeah, so it's obviously really, really bad. Uh, one or two agents are left to control 300 to 500 people during a shift. No agent wants to report physical or sexual assaults between the aliens because they'll get blamed for letting it happen. They were also mentioning that a lot of people are staying for 10 to 12 days when really they were supposed to stay for just 72 hours. So they're staying a lot longer than they were originally intended to. Um, let's see what else. Here's a quote. Everyone or everybody that shows up here, even if it's a three-year-old kid with no one around, will have an address on them and they'll give it to you. Here's my address. This is where, you, this is where you're sending me. And that's what we do. This is the way we're being played. So these, these kids are coming with addresses. They know where to go. Um, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, those are some countries where they're being sent. We're dealing with a different culture who's not afraid to send all their kids under the age of five, knowing they're going to get raped, knowing they're going to get killed. You talk to the adults or teenagers and they'll tell you they raped three or four girls and they kicked them off the trains. They're going to die. Almost one in three women surveyed by, um, uh, Doctors Without Borders said that they had been sexually abused during their journey, 60% through rape. 
So if you're thinking that this is all a good thing and that this illegal immigration is wonderful, it really isn't. Um, yeah, they're being put in hotels and that's our tax dollars. And, you know, this guy says that uh, it really is because of Biden. You know, they're asking about the if Biden is a direct cause of the surge. And he says 110%. They were already ready before Biden was even in office. They knew that the doors were going to open. And now we've gotten to a point where we can't stop it. And they don't feel like they're able to do their job. They're not allowed to. They're not allowed to enforce. So they're just trying to survive. It's a sad crisis that's happening on the border. And, you know, I think that a lot of people don't see any problem with this. All the people in D.C., they're not directly affected by illegal immigration because these people typically stay in the southern parts of the country. But Texas is very much affected. I think I even saw an article um, or a headline of, of an article saying that an Arizona town is calling it a crisis, that they're being overwhelmed by illegal immigration. You know, these rich, famous people in their homes, surrounded by large gates, they're not going to be affected. They're protected. We're, we are the ones that are affected. And, and I, I do ask myself, you know, um, okay, illegal immigration, is it good, is it bad? I think it's bad. We're seeing the implications of it. It's dangerous. We're allowing people into this country that, uh, you know, I thought the masks were so important. They don't have to wear masks. They potentially have COVID. They don't have to take any test. If you want to travel, you have to take, they're, they're already saying that most likely you're going to have to take the vaccine. Well, you know, are they taking the vaccine? No, they're not. Yet they come in into our country. And this is, if COVID is the big concern, they don't seem to care once it comes to this. Well, what's interesting too is that uh, tonight uh, we were watching Newsmax and one of the um, guys on there was saying how Canada right now is locked down. Like, no one can get into Canada. So it's just like, why why can we not get into Canada? When I get it, Canada is doing their job. Canada is not letting anyone in. But then when it comes to the southern border, we're just letting all these people come in. And it's because... Um, it could be a number of things. One, this could help Democrats keep winning to let all these legal immigrants come in because they know they'll just want to vote for uh, the Democrat uh, party. How would they be able to vote if they don't have... They don't need a legal ID. Mm. You know about that bill. They're trying to just legalize... HB1. Huh? HB1. Yeah, the, or, yeah. I, I don't know what it, was, what it was about, but basically like allowing illegal immigrants to just become citizens and not have to go through the whole process mm -hmm. it's, it's horrible it's yeah. it's just it, it's a mess and and yeah and, and at the same time it's like we've got some crazy people coming into our country we don't know where they what what they what their intentions are we don't know what they're doing and they're they're not doing it the, in the right way and yeah biden kamala the democrats they don't care they don't yeah. care they want they want us to suffer they want us to do bad yeah. So. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, really with illegal immigration, where does it stop? Should we just let everybody that's from a troubled country come into our country? 
I, and by the way, I thought that we were the most disgusting, horrific, racist country in the world. We can't even stand for our own um, flag. We have to kneel because we are such a disgusting and racist country. Yet, everybody should come here. Every minority should come here. You see how the logic doesn't lie. It makes no sense. And then also, we have a certain amount of land. We can't hold everybody in the world. So there's going to have to be a point where you can't all get in. Just like anything, um, there, it, there's a process. There's a legal process of immigration. There's legal immigrants. Our mother is one of them. She was a legal immigrant to our country. And what does this say to those people? People that are actually trying right now to enter the country legally and become citizens legally to see that the illegal immigrants are treated much better than the legal immigrants. And these legal immigrants are actually, you know, you could say, well, they're trying, the illegal immigrants are trying to flee a terrible situation. Well, a lot of these legal immigrants are also trying to flee a terrible situation. So why are we giving preference to the illegal immigrants? What if we did this with a college, you know? Um, here, you, you can come into this uh, college and it, say it's Harvard. We don't have, you know, any admissions process anymore. Anyone that wants to enter can enter. You don't, we don't need to see your SAT scores, your ACT scores. You don't have to fill out the application. You just come on in and you get the education and you'll get the degree. You'll get all the benefits. Um, how's that place going to survive for, for long? It won't, it won't be able to. No, it won't. So if something as small as a college is going to have a very rigorous admissions process, then why in the world would our country have less of a process? That's why boundaries and borders are so important, and we completely ignore that. Um, it just doesn't make sense because, again, you know, Trump did a great job. The wall was not completed, but... It, it, they had done a very great job and he had left it uh, at a well and safe place. But the moment Biden came in, it's like everything was destroyed. Everything is destroyed. And then you look at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. For the first time ever, there are walls, there's fences. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I Okay. Like, so you're, you're telling us not to worry about this. But no, this this was this was more important. Again, the point is these politicians, especially the Democrats, they see themselves as gods. They think they're more better. They think they're at they're, that we need to worship them and that we need to obey and bow down to what they say and everything like that. When the whole point of this country was for them to serve us, mm-hmm. not for us to serve them. They're called public and, servants. Exactly. And they are switching it around. They're changing it around. They they don't care about us. You know? They don't care about our free rights. They don't care about our our children, um, our land, our jobs. Like they don't care. They want everything destroyed. Look what happened to the pipeline. The done. keystone pipeline. The keystone pipeline. Done. So many jobs are gone now from that. So many jobs. Yeah, thousands of jobs. Yeah. But Biden does not care one single bit. And I know it's hilarious. And I know you're about to play that video of Kamala Harris, okay, but John, let me introduce a clip. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Man, I think you forget whose show it is. This isn't the Jonathan Sloan show. This is a Sarah Sloan show. Um, basically, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, she was at Florida. She had a picture and she tweeted it. Look who's here to save the day. Something like that that was said, which is also really narcissistic. Help is here. Help is here. Yep. What a dumb thing to say. Like, you're the help. And Florida has been probably one of the best states. If I can move somewhere, I would be moving to Florida right now. Because it sounds like paradise to me where there's no mass restrictions and all these things. Um, but whenever Well, she- except for the whole Miami situation. Have you been hearing about that? No. What happened? They've been having to have a state of emergency down there because people are just partying it up like crazy. And that's the problem. You it, Some people take their freedom way too far on another level. And again, like I know like people think, oh, well, now you're just thinking about control. But no, it's not control when you... When you uh, take advantage of the freedom you have, then you you misuse it, and and so there's like been just they they had one point had to start having like a curfew at eight p.m. because it was just uh, people just going crazy like so much partying around in Miami and some people even lost electricity from this. So people just wanted to party just to party. Because of was... spring break and that stuff. Okay, okay. And yeah. Yeah, wow. I feel like stuff like that always happens over there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always pros and cons everywhere you go. But yeah, so basically uh, Kamala Harris lands a plane and she's uh, questioned by a reporter. This is a very short clip. Do you have plans to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have before and I'm sure I will again. We got to listen to that again. Do you have plans to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> but um, I have before and I'm sure I will again. Okay, so you're, a, um, or let's say I'm a mother. Uh, my kid, one of my kids is doing really poorly. And someone comes up and asks me, and I'm visiting my better kid that's actually doing very well and is very successful. Someone comes up and asks me, hey, you're going to visit that your kid that's like, you know, on the brink of depression and is really like hurting themselves at this point, not doing well. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not today. I'm going to see my successful kid. Uh, not today. <laughs> well, it's ridiculous because this is what it is. Again. She doesn't give a crap about us. Oh, yeah. She doesn't care about us. She wants us to, to go down. She wants us to, to you know, be destroyed. She doesn't care about us. Now, my question is, why? Why are you going to Florida? Out of all the states, why are you going to Florida? Hopefully, part- I take some notes. I would hope. No. Part of me thinks it's because she wants to get at DeSantis because of how he's been calling out uh, Biden. Governor. Uh- Governor DeSantis. Right, DeSantis. DeSantis. Uh, I think it's yeah. Ro- Robert DeSantis. I think. Yeah, I don't um, know, but just get back at him. Yeah. Okay. Because he's—I don't know if you've seen it, but like he's literally—he's called out Biden so much, like crazy. And then at the same time, why are you smiling? Because I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, uh, but yeah, but he's just—he's um, really, like I said, he's been calling out Biden, and he's doing everything in favor for america the governor there like, so what what you want to do fight him get in a boxing ring we can do some know. pay-per-view and see them go at it i mean i don't i don't, I don't know like there's something 
worries me that she wants to be in Florida. It's just, why are you there? Oh, yeah. You know, wasting our taxpayer dollars on the airfare that the private jet cost. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Jonathan. So, Jonathan, do you um, do you know what a monologue is? Or Explain. Like, yeah, basically like late night shows. They usually have a monologue and they do these jokes and, you know, all these all these people, they'd never write their own jokes. They have these interns write their jokes and they take credit for it and they read it off a teleprompter. You know, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. So they have these kids do it. I'm different and I'm better. Um, I actually decided to write one just because I've been listening to uh, Business Wars. It's a Wondery podcast. And right now the business is late night and it is so good. If you ever have the chance, you need to listen to it. I love it. So I wrote a joke and um, okay, I'm going to read it. And hopefully, hopefully it's funny. All right, let's see. I got to get this just right. Because I really don't want to mess this up. Because I just haven't done this before. Um, all right. Here we go. Here's a joke. Prince Harry is going to be working at a mental health coaching firm. He was able to get this job because anyone who can survive marriage with Meghan Markle has the mental stamina needed for the job. <laughs> Dang, Kamala, thank you so much. I, I knew I was funny, but I didn't realize I was that funny. Yeah, she has a cackle. What about my joke? Did you like my joke? No, it was good. I liked it. Okay, liked yeah, it. so that's kind of how they do it. Because it's true, you know, just that whole situation as well, which we can talk about another time. But I just wanted to bring it in just because I saw a headline about it, and I was just like, huh, I can make a little joke about this. And, well, I've got someone that's always willing to laugh. And that's, uh, that's my best friend, Kamala Harris. You know, <laughs> she, she's my best friend. So, all right, Jonathan, what has been going on um, in the sports world? So, uh, one, one of the things that I've been watching a little bit, not a whole lot, so I don't have all the stats and everything uh, from the tournament, but uh, March Madness. March Madness has been on. And, of course, like all other sports um, during this whole COVID time, uh, they they have very limited um, seating area. I'm surprised they let anyone. Yeah, it's surprisingly, I and I don't even know how the process works, but I do know that um, from watching a little bit of the games, like that there are some fans at some of these March Madness basketball games. Hmm. But anyways, um, I just think it's it's really interesting how um, some of these teams, these low seated teams, have been doing very well. And honestly, the only one I'll really just talk about is Oral Roberts University. Oral Roberts University is a Christian private school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we have we actually have someone at our church, um, our youth pastor, who graduated from that college, and uh, he's been posting a lot of posts on Facebook <laughs> about. He's very his, proud. He's very proud, which I understand. I totally understand. Yeah. If, if it was. I, I went to Evangel University, and if Evangel was in the March Madness doing very well right now, I'd be, I'd be just as um, excited as he is. But anyways, yeah, it's just really cool seeing you know them do well, be able to beat um, Ohio State, which was an, a two seed, 
And then they beat Florida, which is seventh seed. So they're doing good. Um, I think they have to play Arkansas next, which they're a three seed. And Arkansas is pretty good. So we'll see how they do. But, you know, maybe the Lord isn't going to let them down again, you know. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> oh, are you? Oh, are you? Yeah. Yeah. And what is this seed? You keep on mentioning the seed. Is this like a, something that you plant? What, what is this? Um, a seed is the is like the ranking of like each of these teams. So it's a it's it's all sixty four teams, and there's like a, a north, a south, a east, and a west like on this bracket. So you've got four one seeds, four two seeds, and then et cetera, et cetera, all the way to sixteen. So like if you're a sixteen seed. That means like you're in the lowest of your area. Oh, okay. So that's why like um, our Roberts University, they were ranked 15, uh, 15. Okay. And the reason why they're ranked so low is because they're not having to play all of these big schools throughout their whole season like a Texas University or um, Oklahoma University or Ohio State or Gonzaga, you know. That's why like their ranking is so low because again they're a smaller school so they're playing other smaller universities like around their size. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um so what is OU? Are they what seed are they? Well, they were a seed number 8 but they actually just lost. They lost in the second round Ooh. to Gonzaga. So which Gonzaga is they're undefeated this year. They're uh probably uh uh most likely going to win, but then again Anything can happen because it's March Madness. And um, like I said, you know, I already got to see a two seed. I got to see a, a number one seed, which I actually made a bracket. And I thought Illinois, which, again, I, I haven't even been watching a lot of the tournament this year. It was just more of a guess. But I, I thought, OK, I think Illinois will win, the, will, will win the whole tournament. And they lost. They lost to... Actually, I don't even remember who they lost to, but they, but they're they're already out and they're number one seed, so it was an upset. So dang, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, these brackets are interesting to me. That, oh yeah. yeah, it's they're always very popular and everyone gets into them. At my workplace, um, all the guys um, that I work with in our department, we all made one, and so basically, um, whoever gets the most points after this whole tournament will. The rest of the uh, the guys, when we all go out for lunch, uh, the rest of the guys all have to pay their money together for the winner's uh, lunch, free lunch. So, dang, yeah, we all agreed to it, and we're like, okay, wow, that's a big deal. Yeah, um, yeah, that's money on the line. That's right. Is, is there anything else that's been interesting in sports? Uh, I like controversy. Give me some controversy. Even anything political. Well, you remember whenever I told you about the whole thing, the the thing with Ibrahimovic, how he basically called out LeBron James for making having a platform and trying to get political and all that stuff. Who is this guy? This Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He is a Swedish uh, soccer player. Uh, he's thirty nine years old, but he's like one of the best uh, strikers ever in, in soccer history very good I, w- I wouldn't say he w- he was ever a Ronaldo or a, a Messi okay. but Ibrahimovic like he's he's known he's a very good player he would always always play forward very tall so he was a good header he could shoot the ball well but anyways 
he made this comment and Ibrahimovic is one of those guys like he's just not afraid to say what he what he thinks. I like that. Yeah, and he he called out LeBron for for basically for what LeBron does and LeBron like he is very political. He's all into the whole racist and you know diversity and all this and basically Ibrahimovic said it's just not worth it, you know, for where, for the platform that you have, you shouldn't get into that stuff. But then, of course, what happened? Backlash to Ibrahimovic. LeBron basically disagreed with him. Um, ESPN, Fox Sports, like all of these sports networks in America, they all were like supporting LeBron. They think LeBron's doing the right thing and all this stuff. But congrats to Ibrahimovic. Did he apologize? I don't think he ever did. Good. Yeah. And Ibrahimovic, he's one of those people like, again, he's going to say what he's going to say. You know, he, he doesn't. Uh, bow down to anyone, you know, like he's just one of those guys. So, mm, yeah, very refreshing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know. My interest for wrestling has peaked a little bit just because I, I do listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's been interesting listening to some of that, but I never actually watch anything. I think if I did watch stuff like you know matches, you know fights, and mm. then I. I would understand so much more of these interviews that he does with these fighters, but I think it's an, I think it's a fascinating world, the fighting world. And then I, I just always feel like these people are humble. They're not like LeBron, you know, LeBron is so wealthy. He's done really well for himself. He's been very well treated and everything. And yet he just complains all the time. Complains, complains, complains. Yeah. He, he, he really acts like he's a King. Yeah. You know, I know the whole, Oh, King James and that stuff. And, but no, like he, he just, yeah, like I said, he's very racist. He, um, yeah, he just, he, he hated Trump, talked very badly about Trump and, you know, just wants reform change. And, you know, the, I think it was the day before the election, he got onto his Instagram and basically was like, pleading and talking to his followers and telling them you have to vote for Biden. Do not vote for Trump and all this stuff. And just like, you know, I'm sorry, but why don't you focus on your sports and don't worry about that? Because again, he's acting like he knows what he's talking about when he doesn't. Oh yeah. A lot of the things that happened this summer with the whole black lives matter and all that stuff, like he doesn't know any of those stories. He no. never did his research. He just only listened to what the big news media said, and that's it. Which, again, he's gullible. He, he, him, and all of his NBA, uh, uh, play all the other NBA players. You know, they they were all gullible. Like I'm sorry, but they just were. Like, you know, if you actually did your research and saw, like, you know, the actual real story, then you wouldn't be like kneeling and that stuff and. And again, that's the other thing too. It's just sad. Like you're kneeling to the flag. You're you're talking trash about your country. You're doing all of these things. But if 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 you weren't here, LeBron, you wouldn't get any of this. Like I'm sorry, but I don't I know for sure uh basketball players in Europe, basketball players in China, they they, they don't get nowhere near as much pay oh, as true. these guys in in America. But he never thinks about that. He doesn't think yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, that actually, I'll, I'll quickly just mention this. Um, you know, the idea of reparations mm -hmm. and giving money back to African-Americans because of what their ancestors suffered. 
Um, the idea of that is that if you were worse off than the people that were harmed, you should be given some compensation. Okay, that makes sense. Is LeBron worse off than his ancestors? Which we don't even know if his ancestors were slaves. But is he worse off than them? No, not by any means. He's way more wealthy than tons of people that I know. He's mm-hmm. better off. So I hate to say it, but it seems like even though slavery was such a terrible and awful and disgusting act, African Americans today are better off now. Oh, yeah. And no one ever wants to admit that. You know, I think if anyone listened to this, they'd say, oh, but am I right or am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so. You know, there's all these NFL players, all like all these African-Americans that are now professional, like athletes. Like, I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and and honestly, he's he's half African-American because his mom is white. Yeah. Yeah. So he's mixed, but he sure acts like he's a victim and. I just don't get it. Like, and he was treated so well. I know he was popular in high school. Again, I went to uh, Lindale, and he went to White House, so we were rivals with them. And you know, I again, I never got to know Patrick Mahomes, but I can assure you, he was one of the popular kids in his high school. He, He, yeah, he got his way. I, I, I'm pretty sure he got his way. And again, acting like a victim, however. You're now paid the most out of all the NFL. You you have an extremely large income, extremely large, and it's for many years. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I'm just going to guess this, but like I said, I could be totally wrong. I I did not do any research, so do not hold me accountable. I thought maybe something like five hundred million, or or sorry, no, no, sorry, no, 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 that's no fifty million. I think uh, I think he signed a fifty million dollar contract. And I think it was like for a couple of years. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be really and, and, nice. And, and think about this. They were having trouble with Dak Prescott and he was wanting more like around 37, maybe 36 or 35. And, you know, Dallas Cowboys, they wanted to give him more like 32. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes got like around 50 million. Hmm. Um, unbelievable. And I mean, didn't and even win the Super Bowl. The, yeah. The second time he didn't even win it. Did an awful job. Oh, it was a horrible game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but he had the better athletes. He had Tyreek Hill. He had um, Kelsey. Yeah, that's right, Kelsey. Uh, Watkins. I mean, he he has all these weapons, and they lost. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and and sure, the the Chiefs had the better offense. They say the Buccaneers had the better defense. But, man, that offense, they did not show up for that game. They they did horrible. It, it was, which again, I'm happy they lost because I, for the first time ever, I actually wanted uh, Tom Brady to win, which mm-hmm. is in, in crazy. Yeah, but you used to hate that guy. Yeah. Oh, I used to hate him. But now, ever since I realized that he was a Trump fan, him and Gronkowski too. Gronkowski was a mm. huge Trump fan. I realized, oh, you know, man, these guys actually know they see more to life, you know, like they actually, yeah, they're winners. And like, they, they see America, they respect America. And they have gratitude for their country. Exactly. Because, because at the end of the day, guys, if you were in an elite school and you saw tons of people were trying to get into that school, wouldn't you be grateful that you're at that school? 
So that's what this country is like. Everybody's trying to get into this country mm-hmm. and you're not even grateful that you're here. I, I can assure you right now that a ton of people would want to take your place. And actually, you know, I know some great people that don't live here and I will volunteer them to replace you if you want to be ungrateful for living oh, in this country. Yeah. So, uh, you know, get some gratitude. This is the best dang country in the world. And I am proud to live here and God helped us and God will continue to help us. Speaking of which, I do have the verse and we'll end with this. Um, by the way, that was my best attempt at speaking sports. I'm not really good at it, but I do like the controversy. So that's why I try. You tried. Uh, I, I did. Um, so the verse is Matthew two twelve, And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So obviously this is um, talking about Joseph whenever they were traveling uh, with baby Jesus and everything. And Herod was trying to uh, kill Jesus because he, he was threatened by him and he was wanting to kill all the, all the baby boys uh, firstborn. They were headed in that direction. And God warned Joseph in his sleep, in a dream, not to return. If God had not warned him in his dream... Uh, baby Jesus would not have been around. And obviously we know that God was protecting and helping them. But um, yeah, the other verse that I had mentioned, I think on the last show was that God can minister to us in our sleep. That's one third of our lives that we spend sleeping um, eight hours a night. Hopefully I don't do that. I need to be better. Um, and we have to have faith that God can do this, that God can touch us in our sleep. I, I, I'm saying that because I'm struggling with it myself. I, I haven't, I've been asking God for it and it hasn't happened, but I'm going to continue to believe and trust in God that he will minister to me in my sleep, that I can commune with him and talk with him and grow closer to him in relationship in my sleep. Well, and sorry to cut you off, but you know, what's yeah. interesting is Todd White. He preached about that one time and it's been happening to him that like God is literally ministering to him while he's sleeping and so cool. like he even has journals about it wow it, it, it it's beautiful like it is amazing and it's just like it's a new way of thinking that we never thought of as christians and like he mm-hmm. he was just yeah i man i i, I honestly want to listen to that podcast again because it, it was just very interesting just different you know but yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that people really don't believe God can do this, but boom, it's right there. Joseph was a human being just like us. Mm-hmm. Not any different. And God wants relationship with us. How cool would it be if you could hang out with your best friend in your sleep? Like during your sleep, you were able to hang out with your best friend or someone you really want to know, someone you really admire or someone you look up to. You know, uh, and God's awake 24-7. Always, always. So if you if you want to do that, if you would have desired to do that with someone famous or anything like that, the creator of the universe and he's willing and he wants to. So I'm going to keep on praying for it myself. And yeah, I just wanted to encourage you with that, but thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining me, uh, being a great brother. Um, you guys have a wonderful night. <laughs>